Welcome to the podcast Found in Estonia, where we talk with foreigners who have made Estonia their home. I am Tina. And I am Kaisa. And we are both Estonians living in Estonia that have seen the world. <laughs> Our aim is to bring Estonians and its expat community closer to each other, give an insight to the background and how they've made Estonia their home, and to just hear interesting stories about us Estonians and the way how foreigners see us. We really love hearing your feedback and to keep in touch with us, go to our website, which is foundinestonia.ee and join our email community, write to us. You can find all the contacts over there. And in case you feel the need to write to us any kind of feedback or just share um, what your thoughts were after listening to a podcast episode, you can do so by reaching out to us over at Instagram or Facebook. We always love getting feedback and we always love sharing stories and conversations with you as well. So with that said, enjoy. Enjoy. Today we're talking with Penelope Peep. <laughs> she's from Australia and she's been living in Estonia for 16 years already. Yeah, who knew that there was actually more uh, than one Australian in Estonia, other than Louis Cesarin? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there are. And she's living in Tartu and she shares the story of how she got here. There were a few topics that we covered here. The house where she's living in, which belongs to her, her husband's uh, family, which is quite unusual for Tartu. And uh, then we also talked about her love for handcrafting and mm -hmm. all sorts of things about things that you can do with yarn. Yeah. <laughs> she explained how she does, uh, for example, different things out of lace. And uh, we were talking briefly about the national clothes of Estonia and different hobbies. She was talking about how she... She's a founding member of a new church in Tartu, an English-speaking church. Yeah, and there were actually many more topics that we covered, but uh, we would rather let you uh, discover it for yourself. So let the conversation unfold from here. Enjoy. G'day, I'm from Australia originally. My name is Penelope Peep, and I've been in... Estonia now for six, nearly 16 and a half years. Whoa. <laughs> yes. And so how, how did you came here? How did you find out about well, it? Well, I first found out about Estonia when I met my husband-to-be back in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Neil, then February the 28th, 1979. So. 1979. <laughs> I wasn't even born then. Me neither. God, I feel so young. <laughs> That's actually a good thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was studying computing science at the time. Okay. And I was doing my industrial experience here and studying part-time to keep in the groove. And um, I met Eric through my eldest brother. They were both into amateur radio. Mm -hmm. and That's an interesting thing to do. And yeah. just, just before we went on our first date, which was... Uh, um, comedy show by an um, English comedian who was visiting Australia. <laughs> um, but he'd sort of forced himself to get two tickets to ask someone out to go with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, we found out that his mother and my father knew each other through work, oh, the okay. work organisation that they worked with. Oh, okay. So he was from Estonia but living no, in Australia? No, his or he's my husband's 
American born, oh. but both his parents are Estonian. Uh, okay. So. And, he, and he was living in Australia? In Sydney, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so essentially his parents were born here, moved to America and then ended up in Australia. They moved to, they, they escaped to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, they both sort of had to finish high school again mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then they went to America to do um, university degree. Eric's mum went to um, a women's college in Massachusetts and his father went to Notre Dame University near Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so when she'd finished her degree, um, they got married at the college Mm -hmm. and Eric was born the next year in South Bend, Indiana. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's very random. (laughs) But after six months they moved to Trenton, New Jersey and where he was his father was working at the university there mm. so they were involved with the Estonian community there mm. in New Jersey where mm-hmm. Thomas Hendrick Ilves grew up mm. that's really nice so, so essentially they never lost the touch or connection with no. Estonia mm-hmm. so um well Eric's first language is Estonian he, and he, mm-hmm. does he, he still he's, speak he started school in America and not knowing a word of English yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can't understand well. how his parents could have done that to him well here in Estonia it's very common that people put their kids into like kindergartens let's yeah. say they're Estonians put them so. in a Russian uh, Estonian kindergarten so that they would already learn two languages yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of so. the way we just you know pull, put you in this uh, in the pool and say sink or swim your choice yes. <laughs> yeah that's, that's nice, cozy parenting for you. Yeah. So what about when you met in Australia and he mentioned like, oh, I'm like, my heritage is from Estonia. Did you, had you heard of Estonia before? I or don't what did remember you? ever hearing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not in sort of world <laughs> news or anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So you um, would have never pictured yourself living in that country. No, <laughs> we couldn't even visit in yeah. that period, though. It was just starting to open up, I think, but... Um, so um, we sort of got married and nearly 40 years ago now. Okay, so uh, that's a long, <laughs> long way story. We already got to the marriage part. Where, where were you growing up? Like, Where were you born and what did well, you I grew do up in Sydney. That? I grew up in Sydney, lived in the <laughs> same house for 22 and a half years. Okay, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to the local co-ed school. I've got three brothers mm-hmm. and my two... My oldest brother and middle brother went to um, the boys' school in North Sydney where my father went to. And my youngest brother went to um, St Andrew's Cathedral School because he had some dyslexia problems. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, he was able to – my mum was able to get him in there and she basically worked to, to pay for his education. Is but my mother's an artist. She's oh. – um, hmm. well, she trained as a draftsman. Um, before she got married and because then at that time as soon as you got married you couldn't work which Mm was a bummer Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like you're now a housewife (laughs) yes (laughs) okay well that's that's indeed um, a bummer (laughs) she's always been an artist um so she learned how to do porcelain painting but she learned how to do oil paintings and even taught herself how to frame her paintings. Oh, wow. It was a lot cheaper to make them yourself yeah. rather than get someone else to do it. It still is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but still is. <laughs> okay. And um, so she started teaching the mm-hmm. porcelain painting as well and then set up her own little business and eventually moved the her studio down into a shop place 
near in the same suburb where we lived mm-hmm. and ran a shop with classes for um I don't know how many years now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was it uh, like growing up uh, there in Sydney suburbs? Well, what's life like the there? The weather the weather was generally pretty good. <laughs> I mean, S- Australians think winters are cold, but <laughs> they're not. What does it mean the winters yeah. are cold? Is it still like uh, you, do you still have to apply sunscreen? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it might start getting like that with the, the global warming, but no, sunscreen's more needed in the summer, and that's mm-hmm. for me with my fair skin. I just burn very easily. Oh, so. But my parents put a pool in the backyard, an in-ground pool, so we were able to go swimming anytime we yeah, wanted nice. to. And Is that a common thing there that everybody yes, has a pool? Yes, a lot of houses have pools. Oh, so. that sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the one thing that I noticed also in Spain. Like we were flying uh, over uh, Malaga and the only things I saw were all those like little, little blue, squares, mm. blue rectangles. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is a country of like pools. <laughs> so I can imagine Australia, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, the temperatures are Because you can go swimming like nearly six months yeah. of mm. the year. There's really just the three winter months that it's a little bit too cold. Mm-hmm. Cold, and even if just to survive the day. <laughs> but we we were after we got married, we moved down to Canberra um, for Eric's job. He got offered a job down there. Mm-hmm. He was working for digital equipment at the time now, mm-hmm. and um, I was still finishing my degree. And I had one subject left to do, but I got a job with a an actuary. What is an actuary? Yeah. Um, they calculate life expectancies. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't the disability. That doesn't sound so such a cheerful. Well, job. it was more <laughs> that I was doing computer things, so, uh-huh. um, which was a good. Look. It was like a one. There was the office manager, the actuary, and me. So it was a nice little. Mm-hmm. What, what small year office. was that? That would have been eighty one. Were computers very like so, um, <laughs> that something be, that people were used to already at the time? In they Australia were beginning to because I think in '85 IBM brought out its desktop, mm-hmm. and, but my husband had already built his own desktop, oh, so wow. he's a, a geek. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. an original geek. Well, at least you won't be get in trouble if your computer stops working. No, no, no he's always fixing <laughs> computers. Yeah. So. Okay, well, that's a nice thing to have, like, a husband for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he was sort of, when we moved here, he was a little disappointed that nobody wanted to use his expertise. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did you move to Estonia? Yeah, and how and did that decision 2004, come? just after okay. Estonia moved, um, Estonia joined the EU. Mm. So. And how did you decide that? Because you you both had never lived in Estonia, right? Um. Well... When our eldest son was two, we moved to America, Mm -hmm. to Massachusetts. Eric was offered a job with Digital there. Mm -hmm. And because he was an American citizen by birth, that was considered a permanent Mm -hmm. transfer. So um, we did go back home for a couple of visits, but it was like every five years because Mm -hmm. it was expensive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it still is, I think, even between (laughs) and Australia as well. Mm -hmm. It's more like a trip and you stay for a year. But had you visited Estonia before or was it the first time you Mm. came and you were like, okay, let's stay here. Well, the boys (laughs) the boys and I came for a visit in Uh April, just Mm. before we moved. Because I sort of said, We'd like to see the place before (laughs) we move. (laughs) Yeah, give me a tour. So we did a quick little trip into Tallinn, um, Uh came down to Tartu, stayed for about three days. Um it was in April, so it was close Mm -hmm. to Easter, Mm -hmm. so it was warming up then. Um 
And then we did a little quick trip up to Narva and then back to Tallinn. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was just the week during the school vacation break, mm. break for the boys. So what was the first impression? <laughs> April, you got off good. <laughs> we felt like we'd come back in time and we oh, were wow. back in Sydney <laughs> again. <in the hurt. laughs> really? Did, what, it, was the, it was the two lane, the, the highway from oh, okay. Tallinn down to Tartu, just being two, mm-hmm. one lane each <laughs> way. And it was sort of so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> because what is this countryside place where we're driving <laughs> off to? They call it the highway. Interesting. <laughs> well, it was more sort of the highways that we grew up with mm-hmm. in traveling up from Sydney to Brisbane. They were just one road each, yeah. one lane each way. And now there are a lot more safer with two lanes mm. and, and all separated so um but there was always that car accidents so on the single road yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i guess so those happen anyways like mm. regardless of whether it's two-way or four-way eventually one is yeah. a little bit mm. safer than the other but yeah <laughs> it boils down to either the person knows how to drive or not mm. <laughs> so 20 years ago you guys moved here did you all spoke estonian or did your children spoke and how well, was your Well, I tried to teach them a little bit, but I'd learnt when um, for 18 months when my eldest son was a baby. Mm-hmm. I'd come, go into Sydney, into Estimaya, and mm-hmm. join the kids with their language class. So I, I learnt the basics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but is that how you're supposed to start anyway? Like, if it's okay for the kids, why shouldn't it be for And Eric, Eric yeah. rang his grandmother in Sweden at Christmas and after learning for a year and I was actually able to understand what he was mm-hmm. saying to yeah. her and hearing her replies because he was speaking slowly so she could hear hear him and um so that sort of mm-hmm. I felt good about that <laughs> so you had some basis <laughs> so but um I, ha- I still have a little trouble with pronunciation of some mm-hmm. of the, the vowels. And well, that's that understandable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come on, you come from a country where they speak completely differently. Like, good day so. and... Uh, and is well, a little bit different. Yeah. Australians tend to shorten everything. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> love doing that too, but not as much. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything gets shortened and I, I.e. put on the end. Yeah. So like Chrissy and Prezi <laughs> and Vicky's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like car A for us probably, like sai, uh, sayake, like king, king, kake, things like yeah, that. Yeah, well, it's not making it shorter, so but it's making it cuter. cuter. So cuter. It's like, yeah, yeah. it adds this, like, um, homeliness value to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. It's like cutesy mm-hmm. thingy. <laughs> so... So what was like uh, when you moved here? What were the first things that you did, or how did you, how did you integrate, or how did you, how did well, you make your, this place of your home? One of the first things was um, trying to get the, our boys into school. Mm-hmm. Um, that was wasn't quite so easy because our eldest son had finished year nine in America, okay. which was the first year of high school, and mm-hmm. here. He couldn't go into year 10 until he'd passed the year 9 exams. So ah, okay. he was sort of stuck learning Estonian for two years. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so he wasn't really impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and our youngest son sort of was – had trouble sort of finding friends, making friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we got them into Tatu Erakul and um, – well, the, it was all dentist school then, mm. and then they changed names. But um, they sort of 
both of them did pass the exams for year nine and that was it for, <laughs> for them. They didn't really want any more to do with school. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> At least not with Estonians. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about for you? Like, how was it uh, coming here? And you didn't go to school, so where did you meet people, or how did you? Did um, you even meet people? Yeah. <laughs> At first, it was sort of a little difficult. Um, what made it difficult? Well, we knew a few people here. Mm-hmm. The lady who was a doctor and her husband that managed um, Orivilla as a hotel, because it was the only hotel in Tartu mm-hmm. after the independence. Um, and I think we knew a few other people, but generally the Estonians were a little, well, more aloof than <laughs> <laughs> weren't really reluctant to sort of welcome us. We sort of had to see if there was some other people from somewhere else and Okay, so uh, your we made approach was more about okay, let's keep these Estonians <laughs> and try to go to people. Well, we know it was it was more, <laughs> we were willing to make friends with, okay. but even our next door neighbors sort of weren't curious about us. Probably came as a shock. You're like, oh my god, how can they not? Be well, most interested? most Estonians <laughs> thought we were crazy coming to live here. <laughs> so. I think they still think that anybody that comes to live in Estonia is a little bit cray cray. <laughs> but I mean, like especially considering that you. Mm. Went to the US and you were you originally coming from Australia. It's like it was sunny there. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> so it's understandable. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So but I like the summers here. They're a lot milder. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> but you like them because they're not as, as uh, hot, hot as, as the Australian yeah. ones. We love them because it's the only time we see the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, a longer, much longer day. Yeah. So finding them friends here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our first friends were actually um, three sort of missionary families. Mm-hmm. Um, two of them were American. Um, one, the the family was sort of like had Estonian roots. Mm-hmm. In, um, and how did you found them? Like twenty years ago, were there like Facebook? There well, were like Facebook groups. And <laughs> no, <all> Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah. So I how did that I go? got contacted. Blogs were just starting then mm-hmm. too. Um, but I got contacted by the Salvation Army family that were had moved here just mm-hmm. before us or about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sort of met up with them um, and they introduced us to the other two families. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one that's still here. Actually, the Salvation Army family are living in Tallinn. They moved up to Tallinn and then to Narva and then, then back to America and then oh, they've wow. moved back here to Tallinn again. They oh, like Tallinn. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but, um, so sort of the missionary families sort of kick-started our friends because then we sort of, sort of slowly made more contacts. Mm-hmm. And people were starting to come in then. Um, was it just because you got uh, felt a little bit more comfortable and then we were like willing to make all sorts of uh, like connections or was it just that other people saw that you're not crazy <laughs> you're actually pretty normal <laughs> I don't know really um, I mean I'm an introvert too so I don't tend I to sort relate. of <laughs> I don't go partying all the mm-hmm. time but um, I didn't really need to have a job mm-hmm. here um, we sort of had some funds after selling the house in mm-hmm. um, Massachusetts. So we sort of, the first winter we were here, we actually renovated the, the kitchen. Mm. 
because um, it was like one tiny little room and another and the sort of reception room. So we pulled the wall down, made it into a big sort of kitchen <laughs> eating yeah. dining mm-hmm. room, which was what we'd always wanted. Mm-hmm. All our other houses had sort of like kitchen up one end, dining room up the other end. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was sort of. So when you first moved here, did you already? knew that you're going to stay here or you had no idea or or did you yeah. have some plans I think to was stay for pretty longer? sure we weren't going to move okay. so because the house belonged to his grandfather uh, okay. mm-hmm. and so, so it was just back the, in the family mm-hmm. so just for the listeners what's the house we're talking about because <laughs> they don't know we already had a tiny conversation before well we it's a house near Cassie okay Cassie Oru. so it's okay it's a, it's a old mansion of sorts no or? it's just it's a villa a, house. It's a villa house. Yeah, okay. it mm-hmm. was called Oru Villa um, okay. during Soviet years too, I think, when okay. the Soviets um, renovated it in 75, mm-hmm. put, pulled out all the wood-burning stoves and put in two Finnish furnaces in the basement and all the radiators. And nice. Modernised. Uh, Modernised <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and basically turned it into a official guest resident because if you had to come to Tartu for business, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soviet business, that was where you stayed. You couldn't stay anywhere else. So, yeah, everybody so there was it. bugs in the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows what KGB stuff went on in there? Mm-hmm. The walls have eyes. Yeah, so. All right. And you guys ended up in that house uh, because it's got a link with Eric? Yeah, well, it's my husband's mm-hmm. grandfather's grandparents oh, wow. pallet house mm-hmm. and so his, fa- his father grew up there as a teenager uh-huh. so okay and so you came here and the house was in shambles and you were like okay no we need it wasn't kitchen. in shambles <laughs> okay so it was in pretty good condition <laughs> it had been um hotel guest house oh, for eight yeah. years yes. and um but the lady that was looking after managing it um had decided that was enough it wasn't making as much money mm-hmm. because there are other hotels now and so she wanted to close it and we said, well, we can't really leave it standing empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we sort of made the decision to come and live here. <laughs> Too bad. Here's a house. Do you want to come and yeah. live? Sure, yeah. why not? It's a nice house. Let's Sounds take it. Well, away. also the fact that my husband had heart surgery mm-hmm. and um, which meant he'd be on medication for the rest of his life, blood thinners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's ex- medicines are expensive in America. So. Okay. So it was cheaper to, to get the medicines here. Yeah, and it's very so, practical choice as well. So it was that was another major reason why. And we don't really have any family back in America. Oh, We've got well, some cousins, so, yeah. in, distant mm-hmm. cousins of Eric's in Chicago, but mm-hmm. that's it. So. Do you have family back in Australia? Yeah, well, my parents are still mm-hmm. alive. Yeah. Um, my mother just celebrated her 84th birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. And my father turned 90 in June, so... I couldn't go back for his birthday party. But <laughs> yeah, my grandpa just turned 95. I couldn't go to the birthday party. <laughs> so and my three brothers are there with two of them. I've got families and, well, children and grandchildren now. So mm-hmm. my parents have got some great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So. so you have a pretty interesting journey and insight to, like, what, do you think has Estonia changed in the last twenty years, and how? <laughs> like, is there anything? Well, sixteen that's years. I've sixteen. Seen. <laughs> sorry, sorry. What would you say has changed? Um, if anything. If anything, <laughs> exactly. Like, well, we've seen a lot yeah. of changes in Tartu itself. Mm-hmm. You know, city-wise. 
when we arrived here, there was a big hole where the new Kabamaya is. Yep, I remember that hole. But the best uh, chips you could get in a kiosk that was right next to that hole. I was like, the best place where you could get fish and chips. Didn't know about the chips then. Too bad. You got right too late. That was like uh, briefly before I left Tartu. Because <laughs> I grew up in here too and yeah. I remember the hole too. And Tasku, where Tasku yeah. Mall is, mm-hmm. was a big car parking yes. lot. Mm-hmm. Empty parking lots before so. it was actually the bus station area I don't know if well the bus station was there but mm-hmm. it was well, the new one was already built but the yeah. old one wasn't demolished yet so yeah. they were starting to build that so and the old cup of Maya store was mm-hmm. still there so that was sort of like the only supermarket in Kesklin, yeah. which mm. was a little frustrating sometimes it's a lot of new so buildings right <laughs> a lot of new buildings but um there's been a lot of renovations of the old buildings mm-hmm. and conservation so mm-hmm. um it's nice mm. to see that that the the old buildings aren't being torn down and destroyed because yeah. they're old, you know. Yeah. Do you feel so. people's like mindsets have changed somehow, or is it now easier to get to know like neighbors? Are they more open minded or something? Or I don't think so. Um, <laughs> well, though we've just got new neighbors this year, and they're an English couple that mm-hmm. followed their son out. How nice is that? <laughs> so <laughs> cool. So now you've got new friends already <laughs> next door. It's like you don't have to even go far. Those people probably share their sugar as well. <laughs> Whereas the old ones probably looked at you weird when you went to ask for a cup of sugar. Well, I actually had to ask my neighbor, my Estonian neighbor, once for an onion because <laughs> I, I ran out and I didn't need, I needed, desperately needed one. <laughs> so How did that end? Did you get your onion? Yes, I got my onion. Aww. I knew enough Estonian to ask for an onion. <laughs> oh, nice. Because I, I think I've only done it like once or twice, but I know it's very yeah. common everywhere else. I usually like, find something else I can use. Yeah, so. exactly. You you make do with what you got yeah. instead of Austra- asking your well, Australians mm. are very well known for making do or mm. um, what's it improvising improvising something. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> that's nice. Yes. So there's that mentality that mm-hmm. we have. So. But then you really, so. really needed that. <laughs> she made you go to your neighbor and ask for one. Well, I knew she'd have one. So. <laughs> well, that's also a good point. Like, I, I used to live in this apartment building and then I once needed, very, very much needed a bottle opener. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a date coming over and then it was like, that was the one time when I mustered up my courage and went to visit my neighbors. Because I had never seen them before. And then you just show up. Hi, I'm your downstairs mm-hmm. neighbors. We've said hi before. Do you happen to have a wine opener? And then the friendship began. Yeah. Like after that, they came once to my place as well to uh, ask I think for you, flowers or I something. I think you generally have to make the first step yeah. to, towards the Estonians. Yeah, I think I so. have one story like this as well. Like I was living in uh, Tallinn in Kalamaya at the time. And um, I had like this gas stove with a uh, gas pallo, pallo, balloon. And uh, in the middle of make, uh, uh, making food, like uh, boiling something, the gas ran out. So I was oh. like half food was made and it was half like raw and I was just what what am I going to do and then I went like upstairs to knock on any neighbor store that could answer with my pen in my hand like could I use your uh, stuff <laughs> to finish my food and there was and then I met the neighbor and then there was one uh, lady and she was like yeah come in and yeah cook <laughs> that's fine and then we started talking and then afterwards like when we saw each other we were like oh hey how is yeah. it going and so on yeah, yeah. sometimes you just have to have something to break the ice yeah so, and that was a good way to break the ice because I was stuck there for like another half an hour or something. Yeah, I you think. had a legitimate <laughs> reason to approach another mm-hmm. Estonian. Yeah. I feel like in Estonia you have to be very practical about yeah. if you go bother somebody. In like, yeah, yeah, they sort of, like, you know, 
like really from, wonder what yeah. what do you want? Yeah, you know? have to have a reason. <laughs> but if you've got something practical that yeah. you can, it's it's visible, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm you know so. I need I need your help really bad. You're like this creme brulee, and you have to cut the sugar coating up, you know, break it apart, and then you know the gooey stuff can come out, and people warm up a little bit. They're like. Sure, I'm a good person. I'll be out, <laughs> and then before you know it, they're your friends. Yep. <laughs> Is that how you would describe Estonians as well? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so. can have a different opinion too. That's all. <laughs> no, That's all. Welcome here. <laughs> but I mean, it depends on how frequently you you meet up mm. too. Mm-hmm. You either make a point of having coffee with them frequently, or you invite them over, or you know. Do you think that Estonians so need a lot of work, kind of, to to initiate? to initiate the first like friendship type of thing or just a relationship type of thing because i mean like Um, when i was in ireland it's like saying hi and you can have a conversation for hours and in america you don't even need to open your mouth somebody will start talking (laughs) like uh, that's my like experience right but in estonia getting another person to talk to you is like you have to have a legitimate reason yeah i think that in that sense it's like feels like it's a little bit well more you don't want to intrude on, on what they're doing <laughs> oh. and you know so it's mm-hmm. i mean i've i've actually sort of sometimes just smiled at someone that i keep passing all the time and then after several times i've sort of at least sort of asked said my name is penelope what's yours you know, or penelope <laughs> yeah. as mm-hmm. estonians oh. pronounce it um and just we might just know our first names but we'll sort of yeah. say hi when pass in the street you know, it's so. like you're adding a Usually drop of like sugar every time <laughs> you yeah. on the trail <laughs> little crumbs <laughs> yeah exactly like breadcrumbs so that the, eventually they yeah. might actually open their mouth as well and say something to you so. <laughs> but i mean even some of the people international people that come into tartu that you know they'll just stick with their own little circle of mm-hmm. fellow countrymen and mm-hmm. do you think uh, that is something that they how should I say that you would recommend them doing, or is it something that you would rather discourage them to do? I mean, it's it's nice to have oh, your I, own. I think they friends, they need their own yeah, sort of little exactly. group, but not to just stick with yeah. them only. Yeah, venture out a little bit, mm-hmm. join another hobby group or mm-hmm. something that special interest that's. Mm-hmm. How yeah. is it for you today? Like, do you keep in touch, or do you surround yourself with a lot of uh, foreigners, expat people, or more with Estonians, or how has that been? Um, well, I sen- tend to interact more with the international community, especially mm-hmm. through church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we heard you even <laughs> founded a church here. So yes, tell I'm, us a, more I'm about a founding that. member of mm-hmm. Tattoo International Fellowship. How did that came about? Did you came to Estonia and saw that there's not enough churches? <laughs> or no, it was um, actually the two ministers at Salem Baptist Church sort of recognized that there is a need. There's a lot of them. International mm-hmm. people coming mm-hmm. into Tartu, um, so they decided to sort of start the the idea of mm-hmm. a little church group, um, and they invited a family from Texas to come and be the pastor and mm. um, run the church. And they really they were here for three and a half years, and they really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. um, but I, they got to the point where their eldest daughter, their eldest child was um, turning seven mm-hmm. and so it was better for for them to move back. Ah, to go to the school. Schooling, or, yeah. mm-hmm. schooling. So the both kids had picked up Estonian. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so it just sort of slowly grew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And after they left, we sort of, as a, there was some members that had been there for a while, mm-hmm. um, sort of kept things running until one, um, our current pastor was asked if he'd be the official pastor. Mm-hmm. And he'd, he'd married an Estonian and had four children and was, mm-hmm. fa- he got asked three times <laughs> and finally he said yes. Oh, well. <laughs> Persistence. <laughs> but I mean, um, so. are Australians in general um, religious people? Um, yes or it's no? It's probably rather? not so much now, um, though it's becoming really a lot more multicultural. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, I think they've built a big mosque um, and or a couple of mosques, I think. So it's become a lot more. But what kind of... Introduced uh, religions. Yeah. Okay, I understand so, that part. But I mean, like, uh, back in the day when you well, grew when up... when I like grew up, it was generally fairly religious. Probably about 50-50, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I grew up in a church, church family. Mm-hmm. Got married in the, the church that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, your husband, he's also He's religious not so much, not so but much. Oh, okay. I think that's due to... He's, he doesn't poo-poo the idea, but he's really... He doesn't s- enjoy singing himself because mm-hmm. he sings off key. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's understandable too. Like nobody yeah. likes doing something that they don't. He enjoy. likes listening yeah. to music, but he doesn't like singing himself. <laughs> so, um, but I um, was in the church choir for quite mm-hmm. a number of years. So, I so for you, singing. the interest in actually having a church was more about singing or more about worshiping. Um, <laughs> Or maybe both. That could um, be too. Because singing is worshiping little, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. singing is. To me, there wasn't a difference, but yeah. it is. Um, but um, I, while we were sort of living in America, I didn't get involved in a church at all mm. there. Oh, um, why is that? That's surprising because there are so um, many there's, options there's there. Too I would many, say. There's too <laughs> yeah. many to choose from. Really. <laughs> okay. You didn't want to get into an argument. Um, no, it was more that I didn't want to get sort of pulled into doing a lot of activities mm. when we didn't really have family support, you mm. know, so mm-hmm. I couldn't sort of just drop things. From so you would um, rather just go and, you know, do your thing and then just... I got involved it. with a, a sort of like a newcomers group, mm. um, which was sort of more my thing mm. at the mo- that yeah. time. So, mm-hmm. But my eldest son has very sensitive hearing and can't stand organ music Mm. so so it would have been torture teachers you know taking dragging him along to school sunday school so having headphones on all the time like "Hmm." Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe he has to wear headphones (laughs) when the organ starts to play and then you will sign him like okay now it's safe to take it off and then but then coming well, to Estonia, uh, did you find any groups initially straight up in here? Was that also one of those journeys where one thing led to another and then eventually it's like, ta-da, here's other people that are also <laughs> looking for it. Especially if you come to a country where we're like country of heathens, we like rarely go to church or at least it's not so, It's it's it seems like a thing that nobody talks about really. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, well, in a way sort of coming here and being a founding member, it sort of strengthened my faith because mm. um, I've seen God do things. Mm. And I think it was his purpose for us to be here mm-hmm. in the long run. Massachusetts was really just sort of like a stepping stone because yeah. if we'd gone from Australia all to here directly, it would have been just too many changes. Yeah. Um, 
driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, or the other side of the road, I should yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Politically correct. The, the reversal <laughs> of seasons. Um, and there was something else too. It was, um, I can't think what it was now, but the reversal of seasons takes it and the cold wind. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts gets quite cold too. Yeah, in the winter, it's quite so up in the north, right? Yeah, in the New England area. So, so we had a couple of winters where it got down to minus 10. I think once even minus 15. Was so. that the first time you saw snow as well? Um, no, because we do have snow in Australia. Okay. There's mm-hmm. um, the Snowy Mountains, which is the highest peak, mm-hmm. and Melbourne has the Dandenong Ranges. Oh, okay, okay. But um, generally you go to the snow rather than the snow comes to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, here yeah. we kind of can't pick and choose. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't grow up learning to ski. Some people with that had money would have like little chalets down in mm-hmm. the snowy mountains and <laughs> go down there and ski. But mm-hmm. um, Sounds more like the fancy people thing to do. Yeah. It's <laughs> Here it's like a common people thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice. Like well, if you can you go out to. your back door and come yeah. get on Makes skis and go straight away, it's, it's, it's okay. But when you live in a big city, it's not so... Not so easy. So, what mm-hmm. made you guys choose Tartu instead of Tallinn? Was it just about well, the house? Well, because of the house. Oh. Yes. Okay. So, so if you here. had a choice now, like having, I think I'd here. still choose Tartu. Okay. It's, yeah. it's smaller. It's nicer. It's not as w- it's not as windy as Tallinn. Mm-hmm. Maybe we yeah. get a few windy days, but mm-hmm. probably about ten in the whole year or something. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. I don't know. I, I don't think that I agree with that, though. It's a very small number. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I guess compared to the, to the but, grand scheme um, of things, it I might be I think the, so. the first few winters we were here, it did get down to minus 31. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's that was where the cold actually. <laughs> we just stayed at home. Nice. That's why yeah, I escaped That's the smartest here. thing to do, I guess. Stay home, stay warm. But at least, you know, because it doesn't get windy down here, the wind chill doesn't make it colder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The cold so. here is way, way different than in, like, humid countries. It's like, a dry cold. Yeah, so. exactly. And mm. then it doesn't, like, bite you as much mm. as it does when it's, like, outside windy yeah. and humid as well. That well, I when, when we were living in Canberra, we'd wake mm-hmm. up every morning and it was minus one Celsius mm-hmm. every morning. We had a waterbed and would keep our shoes in the drawer underneath the waterbed. <laughs> so we had nice warm shoes to But if you on. have a waterbed in the winter, that doesn't freeze, right? No, you have a heater in it. Okay. You have to have a heater in it to, so, so you can sleep on oh, the warm water. Interesting. So, hmm. um, but <laughs> we, were used, we got used to being you know, cool uh-huh. in uh, the winters in Canberra. And then when we moved back to Sydney, it got down to nine degrees one morning, and everyone's going, "It's cold, it's cold." We said, "No, it's not." <laughs> nine yeah. degrees is pretty good. For it was a... warm compared yeah. to minus one. Yeah, <laughs> so. you don't have to wear your like warmest winter jacket yet. <laughs> That's like, yeah. So Sydney's more of a, a wet, cold, okay. um, mm-hmm. damp, cold winter. So. That's also so it's icky. I, I remember having the same yeah. kind of winters but it's in Ireland. It's we like always had sunny days too. So, But the sun is the only thing that actually saves that thing. Like <laughs> if it's like icky and like uh, a bit rainyish as well. The good thing in Ireland was that every once in a while when it rained after that, the sun came out and it yeah. was nice again. You know, you could so warm up. But here in Estonia, if it rains, it's like, you know, you could rain a whole day long. Mm-hmm. And you're like, where is the sun no. and when is it coming out? Like, I don't mind the rain, but please bring out the sun afterwards yeah. as well. It's like here it's not in moderation. Like mm-hmm. if it's cold or if it's raining, it's 
raining. Yep. <laughs> and you don't have the so. same kind of like uh, luxury of doing things. Yeah, but you just can't do anything about the weather much. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. so what the weather was a big change, but is there any, do you have any hobbies that you picked up here or started doing? Um, well, not here. Um, or something you discovered that you couldn't do back home, like winter swimming or sauna or, uh, <laughs> or picking berries in the forest or... Well, I have a special interest in lace making. Lace and making, what's when that? When we came in April, our first visit, I connected up with oh. lace maker, a couple up in Tallinn, one in um, Nava and a lady here in Tartu. So lace is in Estonian bits, Pit, right? Nipply spits. Yeah. It's Nip- bobbin lace. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's very it's elaborate. You have the thread wound on little oh. sticks. I've got some little miniature ones here on my And what earrings. do you do with those? Do you do like the you, it's, table covers it's or weaving? Weaving. Okay. It's, it's off what they call off loom weaving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the, so you don't need, you don't need um, permanent wefts mm-hmm. or wefts. Yeah, you do the warps across. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, it's it's really elaborate business. It's, like it's, it has a lot it's of It's making <laughs> cloth out of thread yeah. and holes. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Did you started doing it here, or you knew? No, about I actually it? learned six months before I got married. <laughs> I made um, the edging for my wedding dress. Uh, oh, and wow. The sleeves. So, um, that was my first major piece. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes I make big pieces. Sometimes not so. Well, I, I, Sometimes I think things, looking from uh, aside, it seems like uh, a lot of complicated things that you would throw in the around and keeping a track of where you are because oh, you can't really lose track of it. It's very logical though. So. Okay. So once you get to do it, it's it's a rhythm thing. But yeah, looking from afar, it looks like, oh my God, there's so many bobbins. But there's, there's like several different of types of laces too. Each okay. country in Europe has its own particular characteristics of lace. Yeah, and yeah that so I know. My grandma uh, told me well. So there's <laughs> an organization, OIDFA, that mm-hmm. um, organizes a congress every two years. And Tartu was supposed to have it this year. Oh, <laughs> Corona? <laughs> so we can't do it online. <laughs> No, we're hoping that it'll happen next summer, but um, it was... um, Do you only do laces or you also have done like uh, national clothing items? Because Estonia has pretty specific like national clothes with uh, a lot of patterns and a lot of things that I don't think Australia or US has nowhere near (laughs) that. Was it surprising for you? No, um, well, Eric's mother gave me the set of... Oh. Esti Rava Roy. Wow. Roy Vad. Yeah, that's a kind of a special <laughs> honor. A set as well. of books. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't actually made my own costume as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really an athletic person. So. Um, You're more there. I want to stay at home, I, cozy, I, and yeah, do some my stuff. My mother taught me to knit and crochet oh. and sew and embroider. And but is that so common? Because I know, like, when I was living in the States in America and then. I was working in a company where we had to do those d- uh, DIY kits, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of sewing involved. When we did workshops, then there were so many people who were like, well, I can't sew or like people I've who couldn't been, sew at all. Exactly. Do yeah. And they don't teach it at so. school. So is that common that your mother Well, you? I grew up with um, learning to sew mm-hmm. um, 
we had a sewing class for the the girls all had to sew. Yeah, yeah. The boys really should here. learn how to sew at least it, buttons yeah. on. At least they should like you <laughs> know yeah. vice versa. No, how like, to I thread a needle. Working too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, thread just a needle just for your own sew, like buttons. How to sew a button on? Yeah. How to yeah. <laughs> how to fix a hole? <laughs> I agree. That should yeah. happen. Sometimes they do some uh, more uh, progressive uh, yeah. schools even to give uh, the girls so. the choice and the boys the choice to do yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. some girls like doing metalwork exactly. and woodwork. Yeah. And like so how would I know that I don't like doing woodworking if I Unless never got a chance? Yeah, I was exactly. really jealous as well. Like so, yeah. at, in my school in Estonia, we had like girls learning to do knit, to crochet, to do cook and stuff. So, and guys yeah. were doing Home woodwork. Home education. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, seriously, yeah. I don't need to know uh, 10 different ways. There's to nothing wrong with boys learning how to cook. Exactly. I mean, I've Usually men are better cooks than women in the end as well. <laughs> so, well, having two boys, I actually got them <laughs> cooking too. <laughs> I learned, oh, that's they, a they, they learned mm-hmm. how to do some basics. And yeah. Did you teach so. your sons to sew? And to um, <laughs> well, they all had a little go at during the, the bob and lace. Um, and <laughs> actually, we I went out once to a big agricultural show in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. They're called the Big E. Um, with my two boys one time and they um, one of them actually spent more time showing the people that came to try it how to how to do it mm-hmm. so <laughs> so um, and I think my eldest son actually started talking to someone who was from had an Estonian heritage from another state or something so so he found the kindred <laughs> spirit already yeah. Have you have you been very much involved with the uh, pop and lace thing here in Estonia now as well? Not teaching so much. Um, I'm involved with the Esti Nipplis Pitsi Celts. I've been a board member for a while now, but that's... You sure love being <laughs> board members and founding members. Yeah. <laughs> Getting things started and being an important figure yeah. in there, which is good. So we appreciate really that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of, one of the ladies sort of explains it. You because know, no one else wanted the job and sort of <laughs> said, well, no if way. you do it, that means we can get on with doing other yeah, things. Exactly. That sounds exactly like an artistic person. Like, I don't want to do anything with leading. Somebody needs to do well, the paperwork. Well, usually it's just doing the paperwork. Yeah. So mm-hmm. nobody so. got, like, ain't nobody got time for the paperwork. Yes. <laughs> Even though in Estonia, it's not that much paperwork. No, it's all end, electronically, yeah, exactly. which is, makes it easier, but... <laughs> It's so. good for you too. It's easy to be a board member here. Yeah, that's what we learned. So. <laughs> it's still a vital part, so yeah. I don't mm-hmm. mind doing it. Is it so. a big uh, community? Um, mm. not too big. We've sort of been trying to. We usually someone's they have a um, demonstrating at Mardi Lat each mm-hmm. year, and yeah. um, yeah. there's the lace festival in Panu usually and, um, every year. And Hapsalo as well, I think. Hapsalo is more knitting. Um, uh, knitting lace. The knitted right? lace, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. I just finished a, a knitted lace shawl that I'd been, I'd started several years ago and finally sort of pulled it out and nice. <laughs> got it finished. You've got so. a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> <huh>? so, well, <laughs> I'd always wanted to make one and, and I like knitting lace and I do the tatting as well, which mm. is susti pits. Yeah, I've so always wanted to learn tatting. And the one so time when they actually started this susti pits. Susti pits. Yeah, okay. yeah. You have the thread wound on a little shuttle and then you hold that oh, and you make I knots. Think I, I and saw pictures on, on, on Instagram so and I was like, wow, I want that needle yes. thing. In <laughs> French they call it frivolité. Oh, <laughs> some ah, new expression. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, after 2000, September 11th, no, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know either whether it was 2011 or 2009. 2001. 2001. Because they stopped letting people take knitting needles on airplanes. Oh, okay. And so a lot of women were sort of saying, well, I need to have something to do with my hands. And started learning tatting. Oh, that's interesting. So there was sort of a big revival of tatting. And especially the internet was becoming more, well, accessible to a lot more people. And so the people were learning and having patterns that they could go and look for things to make. Yeah, and uh, I think there's so, also yeah. a movement of making jewelry out of this tattered, uh, tattered like jewelry. Yeah, so uh, it's been quite a hit. I always wanted to learn. Never got around to. I can to. teach you. <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to. I'd love yeah. to. I think that's a super fascinating. I thing mean, it's once you you know the basics, yeah. you you you're right. So. Exactly. Mm. So it's, Sorry, not, I mean. it's not a difficult. <laughs> place. But even finding the tatting needle at the time when I was trying to do it was super oh. hard. <laughs> Well, I've got Maybe sort of some extra ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that now I can get it online as well if I want to. But yeah. I remember, yeah, so. that was at least six, seven years ago. Yeah. And then they had one in this um, community college in, uh, in Tallinn where they were planning to do. And then in the end, they didn't get enough oh, interest in people. Oh. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay, fine. No, <laughs> Maybe not this time. It wasn't the time. But I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's fascinating to me that she came to Estonia. And for me, a lot of my heritage uh, comes from my grandmother who taught me a lot of uh, handcrafting. And that is mm. one of those loves that I, I think I would never have gotten from anywhere else. So uh, I take a lot of pride in the fact that I know how to knit and crochet and I like have at least a part of her, you know, inside of me. And for me, it's also a big part of Estonian culture because uh, handcrafted stuff is in Estonia like anything. It's appreciated it. here, actually. Well, yeah, people yes. still want mm-hmm. it cheap, but yes, at least yes. most peop- most Estonians realize it. There is a lot of hours in making things. Yes. And yeah, I enjoy. I think it things. still needs some work, but in general, yes, I think people understand at least. Everybody wants a woolen pair of socks. Like even when your grandma gives them here, you don't look at it like you. Why did you give me that? It's like yeah. more like yay. Thank I have something. <laughs> yeah, I have like something to wear when it's cold outside. Like at least for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know that there are some people out there that might not think that. Yeah. Way. But you'll so understand it when you come to Estonia that having a pair, good pair of woolen socks is a must. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. I enjoy cr- uh, crocheting and knitting as well. It's yeah. and sometimes like when I'm stressed and like knitting it's, in the evening, it's, a good it's way of relaxing. And like, exactly. Yeah, so. I was so sad, like when I never couldn't have any more. My grandma's needed socks. Like I never appreciated oh. it that much when I was growing up. But the minute, like it wasn't there anymore, you start to think, "Oh my god, that so. was actually really nice." And then you understand as well as a what they say that it keeps you sharp, you know. Yeah. And I was like, my grandma was past 60 years old and she was constantly knitting and doing something and she taught me also how to make those um uh, how do you Nitten, call it so gloves no 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 oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's say that one time when i tried to make mittens my grandma finished the job <laughs> that was the one time and yeah but the, i was trying to make the complicated ones you know the ones with okay. the with the fingers mm-hmm. the, the other ones are not mittens so complicated. Are yes without yes yeah, okay what do you call gloves, it? Oh, okay yeah gloves. so i was trying to make gloves and that was a uh, definitely yes, one of those it's a slow uh, two process hard clothes, during yeah. all of the fingers yeah which is good like for me all the fingers would have looked different so <laughs> she she had it down so well she finished I knitted myself a pair of socks before we moved here mm. <laughs> I needed my first pair when I got 30 that was my one <laughs> mission I want to learn how to make socks <laughs> and, and I did one pair and stopped there I was <laughs> yeah. like, this looks great <laughs> no more <laughs> and then you don't want to wear them so they don't wear out <laughs> oh, yeah kind of 
<laughs> well, let's just say or that wear them the too day, much. <laughs> yeah, they they looked a little bit slightly different too. Yeah. But I was still proud. I got I achieved you know the the heel part, mm. which is usually the most complicated part. <laughs> but I watched a YouTube video and that was good. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of YouTube videos now, mm-hmm. but um, I actually was. Start. I my first pair of socks I knitted from the top down, mm-hmm. and then I saw someone had posted about um, knitting socks from the toe oh, up, really? and I thought that's interesting. That <laughs> sounds like a much better idea. So I <laughs> tried that and knitted some socks for the boys each, and um, um, and then I saw another post where you can actually knit two socks at the same time. Yeah. What on one yes. uh, one of the, on yeah. the yeah yeah you can. Well, on a long yeah. needle. Two socks at the same two, time. Yeah. How does that function? It's actually easier if you exactly. use two long ones. Yeah. Okay. So I'd use one that was just slightly longer than the other one. So I could tell which was the front. Mm-hmm. So, the so do you do two pieces and then put the edges together? Well, or? you basically, you know, you just, you're still knitting in the spirals. Yeah. But you're just sort of knitting across the fronts and then across the backs. With two separate balls. That sounds so complicated. It really depends how you're putting it, but it's yeah, more you've got to be careful of which 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 uh, sock you're and knitting. which needle you pick up and which ones huh. you need okay. to. So, in my mind, so. it sounds a bit complicated, but I well, think I need to. Yeah, there's yeah. Sounds YouTube interesting. You can, yeah. So, um, so that sort of got me interested in mm-hmm. knitting socks for a while, and um, so I have a sort of. Time where I, I'll knit for a while and mm-hmm. then tat for a while and then <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> then do some bobbin lace and then it's like, oh, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Now it's time for something. Or else. do some sewing or yeah, I think I've got a quilt that I need to finish too. <laughs> so do you do it all for yourself or as gifts oh, or you sell it? It's gifts. Mm-hmm. No, I don't sell it unless someone specially asked me mm-hmm. to. Like there was um, an exchange teacher here that was in Rappler. She was teaching in Rappler. Um, but well, she made contact because she met the teacher that was here the year before. Okay. He was teaching in Nua and mm-hmm. his wife and son s- decided to stay in Tartu rather than Nua. Mm-hmm. And um, so she, asked, she got um, fabric to make a skirt and a blouse and mm-hmm. she asked me to make the lace to go on the blouse oh, nice. so that was sort of really the only commission I've ever had so mm-hmm. that was um, a nice little job <laughs> <laughs> would you like to do more of that not really because you don't just get you don't get the money for yeah I mean it generally takes an inch and you, it takes an hour to do an inch yeah. of lace I know that's what mm. I was saying so it's, 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 it's super complicated it's slow, thing to do it's, and, slow. and if you make mistakes then you've got to backtrack and yeah <laughs> Oh. That's when thinking like this is one of those skills which is super specific and a lot of people don't actually know how to no. do it. So if you had the chance to and learn I mean, it. We're or lucky now that we don't have to earn our living from making lace because mm-hmm. it's quite drudge mm-hmm. work to, I guess to do now it that the, way. There are so many machines you can like automate making the lace and that makes it Well, you can go and buy cheaper. lace. You can yeah. even buy the, the ch- cheap Chinese lace mm-hmm. that's actually handmade. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's just not quite the same. But, mm-hmm. but so are like anything, like if it's handmade, it's made with love. Yeah. Sort of, right? so, so if you import it from somewhere else where it's not really made with love. It doesn't have any sentimental more. value. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Exactly. Okay. But what kind of a job do you do nowadays? 
Well, officially I'm employed by my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I'm his office manager. Personal assistant office manager. So (laughs) So that's what they call being married these days. (laughs) (laughs) Married to the business. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was mainly because he'd be spending time in America Mm -hmm. working for a friend or he'd be up in Tallinn. And so I could sort of keep the paperwork straight and go and pick things up from the post office and Makes so, sense. Mm-hmm. so it's not a real difficult job, but it just meant I could get um, health insurance. Yeah, so. and don't worry, so like a lot of people around here as well have the same kind of attitude. But it also gives me the flexibility of going to conferences mm-hmm. that interest me, or um, what um, kind of or if someone tourists are you know visiting, and I can go and mm-hmm. take them to the museum or something, mm-hmm. show them around town. So gives me that flexibility mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what like kind that. of conferences are you interested in visiting um, i've gone to a few that at the erm um, Erm. Mm-hmm. and the literary muse literary society i think mm-hmm. um folklore mm. just sort of anything that sort of yeah has you, a you sort of sounds interesting yeah you <laughs> just to, to learn a, something <laughs> you seem to have like a special interest in languages in general right? well yes. i've been doing the proofreading for um, English sometimes? proofreading. Mm-hmm. Do you feel so. sometimes that it's a it's a hard habit to uh, break? <laughs> no. Um, Does that come naturally to you? Are you? The kind of that like I have. I am a friend that would annoy some other people with by correcting the way how they say <laughs> things. Are you the kind of person that does um, that too? <laughs> not in a mean not way. Not too much say <laughs> things, okay. but um, written things. You know, mm-hmm. with. I, I always spot the subtitle yeah. mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, you reached out to us as well to to point out two of the mistakes, which was a good thing. Yeah. Then I could actually fix them. Yes, especially when you receive wrong. Especially considering that none of us are native English yeah. speakers. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, with um, Estonian, you don't have the um, sexes too. Yeah. You're always getting mm-hmm. he's and she's. Yep. Yeah. gender mixes up. Mm-hmm. It's very true. <laughs> So, um, yeah, some foreigners who have I've seen exchange students say that Estonians have no sex and no future. Yes, just true. It's kind of true, literally. So, so there was that book that yeah, I got that job for. A, I was hanging about three months. It was mm-hmm. and, and earned a little bit of income from that so can you tell us more about the book that you brought us and showed us it's called global estonia and it's an art book about estonian artists um around the world so that have gone to different places Mm -hmm. um so it's it was interesting Mm -hmm. some of the most are old paintings so i i I learned a little bit more about Estonian artists, which yep. isn't an easy subject to You mm-hmm. probably know more about Estonian artists than <laughs> I do, and I'm an artist, an Estonian artist. Some of them are, are quite modern, so... Um, mm-hmm. Is proofreading a, a hard job to have? No, it's not hard, but it's just a matter of knowing where a word is suitable and where mm. it's not, or where finding a better word sometimes. You're like or a... Living, breathing, the source <laughs> slash uh, spelling bee slash uh, spelling uh, chick. Oh, <laughs> well, it's just that I've always been, int- you know, I've always liked writing um, and playing with the, the English words. And 
Do you write yourself as well? Um, well, I've written a few articles for some of the Lace magazines. Well, the Lace Australia magazine. I've been oh. a member for the Australian Lace Guild since not, eh, 92. 82. 82 so. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> yep. um, so I kept my subscription up for that. And I was proofreading the American Lace magazine for seven years, I think. Um, and then they changed editors and decided to do it a little differently and at that point I was going to Australia for a visit so I says I'm giving it up I can't do it anymore so yeah it's fine by me and I've been <laughs> proofreading uh, um, for the last six years I think for um, a Spanish lace magazine oh. she publishes it in Spanish and English so that mm-hmm. she gets a, a wider readership that's so cool how did you mm. get it like involved with it like how did they well, find you well I, did you I reach knew out the lady <laughs> and I oh, think okay. I sort of came across the <laughs> first I think I got bought a year's subscription from her I'd noticed some some of the mistakes that she was making and, and I said contacted her and sort of said you know I could proofread for you if you if you want someone to do it yeah and um, she just pays me in magazines. <laughs> so. Which is a good, kind of seems like a good deal too. Yep, What's so. uh, your relationship with languages in general? Like uh, how many different languages do you speak? Like um, only English? I learned French right through high school. Oh. Um, français. Oui. Oui. Oui, oui. And that's it. It's, ra- it's rather rusty. But, mm-hmm. um, when I've heard it, sometimes it, you know, it clicks in. And mm-hmm. um, is when I went to France in 2014, my Estonian kept kicking in. <laughs> I know. I keep mm-hmm. on having that problem too, yeah. but with different languages. So, I know so for you, it's English and French then? Is there mm-hmm. anything else? No, just English and French. So. How about but your Estonian? I, I, <laughs> when I learned French, um, the first year, we didn't actually do any writing and reading. Mm. We just spoke it. We made up dialogues. Oh, how cool. So it was a new sort of form of teaching it. And Sounds like something we should have done with Russian here. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, then we started, the second year started writing it. And I never did very well with dictates. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But we had a an old school teacher you know an older elderly late mm-hmm. elderly gentleman teacher for our last year and he was really surprised at our accents because the tapes mm-hmm. were made in France mm-hmm. so we were hearing it the real French yeah, being yeah. spoken so we picked up the accent and mm-hmm. how to pronounce mm-hmm. words so what about uh, you learned a bit the basics of Estonian before coming here in yeah, the states but uh, no in Amer- in Sydney in Sydney oh, okay so and have you done any courses here? I did a course in 2005, 26, mm-hmm. that first year we were here. Did oh. it help? <laughs> Are you a little bit. I got to know a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the Salvation Army couple were in the same class. Mm-hmm. So, What is your favorite word in Estonian? Do you have any <laughs> favorite expressions, words? One of my favorite words is messy boo. Messy <laughs> boo. Oh. So how would you translate that? Honey tree? Well, it translates to honey tree, but mm-hmm. it's a beehive. Beehive, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it sounds sort of funny. Messy boo. <laughs> messy mm. boo. <laughs> um, it's like messy poo. Okay, okay, got it. I see what you did there. It's like Estonians with cottage <laughs> <a>, <laughs> If you heard it in English, it would be a bad 
<laughs> Yucky word. <laughs> well, it'd be two words. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, but it's the same. Like Estonians do this joke with kakstestkut too. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. Fair one. enough. I feel uh, I, I got it back. Mm-hmm. I deserved it. <laughs> but honey is the one thing that doesn't go bad. Mm-hmm. It never goes bad, and it's actually heals. You see, mm-hmm. they use it on horses for medicine ointments. So it's actually quite beneficial. Do you know this fun fact that you're always supposed to um, uh, eat the honey of the place where you're living in? Uh, not the other people's. Like nowadays, like, you know, there's a lot of imported honey everywhere. Else yeah, well. if, like, you, if you eat your local honey, it yes. actually helps you with your um, allergies. And exactly. It picks up, picks up yeah. the pollen right. from yeah. the surrounding yeah. plants. So mm-hmm. the, the health so, benefits come from actually if you're eating the honey of the location where you are originally yeah, from. Or rather around. than imported. Yeah, exactly. So mm. eating Chinese honey does not make you healthy. Yet. No. <laughs> it just gives you honey taste. It <laughs> just gives you sugar. I think I probably... Well, that too. <laughs> they probably refine it. Do they even and make so honey in China? So? They do. China is uh. a huge import or exporter of honey, but uh, the origins of the honey are uh, questionable, I would say. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I... I try to buy the tattoo honey or mm. Ottawa mm-hmm. or some yeah somewhere around some here local mm-hmm. and you you're promoting helping a local business too so mm. how do you so. view that like uh, you come from big countries like Australia and and the U S and you've been to big places as oh. well like coming to Estonia <laughs> like it's nice <laughs> it's, it's, it's cozy it's, for you here do it's you like good it? being okay. in a small place so mm-hmm. what 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 makes it good for you. Like, I mean, I understand you're introvert, well, which essentially means you want to... Being like a redhead, I tend to blend in. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't stand out like some of the African students mm-hmm. that do. You, know. mm-hmm. um, you get away easier. I, ca- I can sort of <laughs> pretend to be Estonian. That's true. You actually look like an Estonian. You can easily be like so. uh, mistaken <laughs> for an Estonian. But... What do you think makes an Estonian Estonian? Like, I mean, you've lived here for 16 years. Do you consider oh. yourself an Estonian or do you consider yourself Australian still by origin? Probably or? half and half now mm. since it's, we've actually been, it's been 30 years since we left Australia. Mm. So it's what about your time, children? So. If somebody asks them, like, where are you from? Or do they say they're Estonians or they feel like, nope, we, no. Oh, I think they're a hodgepodge because <laughs> they've actually got hodgepodge. three passports. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at them. Okay. Australian, American and Estonian. So. Okay, so they need a bigger <laughs> traveling bag when they go like, <laughs> to put on the passports. Are they so still I'd in Estonia? Or yeah, they're, they're still in Estonia. Our oh, uh, youngest cool. son lives up in Tallinn. Wow, with that's his really daughter, cool. and, mm-hmm. and you're also a grandmother, right? Yes, yes. she's three and a half now. Yeah. So, mm. the first first girl in like four generations. And <laughs> so. uh, do you talk to her in Estonian? No, I talk to her in English. Mm. So, <laughs> which you, is good because uh, she's, you know, her father speaks to her in English okay. and Estonian, I mm. think too, but um, more English. So, and her mother speaks to her in Estonian. So. Mm. She gets both, so by the time she starts school, she'll be fluent in both. Yeah, so that's usually what we try to um, do around here, sink or so swim. She'll <laughs> have that advantage and then she can go and learn another language. But yeah. so. How do you feel about this Estonian, uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but in the Estonian educational system, you normally, by the end you graduate, you already know three different languages. 
Usually it's what we heard, yeah. Mm. So. Do, how, do you think it's a good approach? I think or? it's good. I mean, America, in America, they wait too long to, mm. to learn languages. They sort of yeah. wait till high school. Which yeah, is, by that time you're too already late. Really. Yeah. They, they re- yeah. Though my boys, I think, did learn a little bit of Spanish in first grade, mm. but um, they don't keep it up. Yeah, exactly. They sort of repetitive. They're the schools, I think the education system's badly broken because mm. they prioritise the wrong things. And What do they prioritise there? Well, what would you change? This, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think they, they really do need to bring back, you know, handicrafts and mm. music. I mean, there's some schools do do music, but yeah. not a lot. And, um, but I think... Or it's only just for the kids that play musical instruments. You know, it's oh, sort of okay. it's very selective. Bit, yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, I th- any kid, I guess, so would would still gain by learning a musical instrument, at least understanding yeah. what music stands for, or even well, art I remember stuff in, as well or handcraft. I remember in um, primary school, which was third to sixth grades in Amer- in Australia, we actually had to listen to some music. Um, sort of classical pieces Mm -hmm. so that we could recognize them and so each week we'd have a a piece of music that Mm -hmm. we'd listen to every day and so by the time the end of the week if it's they started playing it a little bit we knew what it was Mm -hmm. and that way we sort of we had like a little classical repertoire that we learned a little bit Mm -hmm. about the um composers um yeah, Sounds like a like an average uh, Estonian yeah, music. Instead of uh, just like one, person. and then yeah. in high school we had music, but it was like one period a week, you know, which was didn't really get yeah, them very much. <laughs> yeah. So I joined. I think my last two in my senior years, to eleven and twelve, mm. I joined the high school choir, mm-hmm. and we actually our high school choir got selected for the combined high school choir um, concert. In the Sydney Opera House, which had just mm-hmm. opened, so is I've sung in the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> oh wow, fancy. that's fancy! That's yeah. uh, is that uh, the equivalent Australian equivalent of uh, Laulupito? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I can imagine Sydney mm-hmm. Opera House is such a big oh, thing. It's, it's like uh, having Laulupito. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it's like a big deal. You yes, know? it is. <laughs> Have you sang in Laulupito? Some um, festival. No, I haven't. Have you been? No, I haven't been. I'm not in a choir in Estonia, so. But you can still visit as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I've a, a I've later. gone to the Tartu one several times, oh. and we some of us from the church went up mm-hmm. to do, I think two years ago, mm-hmm. to Lalupita. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, everyone sort of says, but they only have a big festival, you know, every five years. And I said, no, they have one every year. You know, it's yeah, just it's just a different yeah. focus yeah. on exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the the children's choir had a um the tattoo one mm-hmm. it bucketed we had like five thunderstorms that day oh. and, the, and the kids were soaked <laughs> and the, the, yeah. the parade <laughs> up there was like a sad drenched. story yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but it was still happening right it still people, went ahead <laughs> people didn't g- give up <laughs> I wonder if that's uh, Estonians being Estonian. Yes, <laughs> it's like persevering. Yeah, the show must go would. on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh, looking at Estonians is that one of our things? <laughs> I think so. I think, I think anyone that keeps at mm-hmm. it and and achieves what they they set out to do is 
a good trait for any country really it's mm. it's those people that sit back and wait for everyone else to do things and nothing gets done mm-hmm. well i mean There's we a, have that kind of people oh, here you, too you, but you always have that sort of people <laughs> exactly it's kind of the thing you want to keep happens. them to a minimum <laughs> You have been in Estonia for, let's say, almost, okay, you said 16 years, but considering Estonia is, what now, 28 years old? 28, yeah. yeah. That's quite, you've been yeah. pretty much here since very early on. So, have yeah, you Yeah, we were one of the new Estonians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. um, and uh, I'm just wondering that... And, has and Estonia wasn't sort of really catering for those sort of people Exactly, I think then they didn't so even think that people would come here. <laughs> we probably mm-hmm. set a, you know, broke a few fences to, mm. you know, get some things done, so... For like example? Well, I mm-hmm. think... Because um, I know there's an autism association mm-hmm. now, too, and mm-hmm. so... Um, Sam was able to get a little bit of help, but mm-hmm. he needed more, really. He needed more understanding from the yeah. teachers. Well, I don't think that it's even very common here in Estonia to put oh, that much I think it's more it. common. It's getting better, it's but... Autism tends to get hidden, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some kids that have it work ways of um, getting around it. Yeah, and they working, learn, they working out their own, right? Yeah, <laughs> and they work out their own coping mechanisms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they still need to be sort of understood. But um, our son, he goes for walks and mm. everyone leaves him alone. He's quite happy that way. <laughs> do you think that's an Estonian thing? Everybody leaves you alone? <laughs> do your own thing yeah, as long do as you don't own, bug us. Yeah, as long good. as you don't hurt somebody yeah. else, you're you're okay. You know? mm. You're allowed to experiment and mm-hmm. try your, your find your own path in life so mm-hmm. how do you feel about some of our estonian traditions of going to sauna and celebrating yani and you know um, we have well, I've, done, I've done saunas <laughs> sometimes but not too often it's You're not, not a fan i didn't well, i didn't grow up with it mm-hmm. it's not essential for me yeah um and the one we've got one in the house, but it takes a long time to heat up. Mm. <laughs> it's u- usual, how it is. you know. It used to be a, like a, a ritual, yeah. a day long ritual. You but I don't like going to bed with my hair wet. So yeah. it's <laughs> then you have to uh, like start early and go yeah. to sauna like after breakfast, and then yeah. your hair will be dried in the evening. Which actually people did too. It's a, it's a long yeah. forgotten fact that actually back in the old days people could go to the sauna as well. Like let's say twelve at one or two p.m. in the day, and then yeah. you just. Wait until the evening sun, you know, cools off your hair or something. Well, it depends on whether you... Usually they, they probably all got lean for church. <laughs> that too, yes. So you had like sauna days. Uh, for us, it was... Uh, for fi- my family, sauna days usually were either Saturdays Seven. or Sundays. Yeah. So I can't remember anymore. But, you know, you had to clean up mm. the room first and then you <laughs> had to go to the sauna. Uh-huh. So I thought that that was always like a funny thing. But it, it if you think it about it, it sense. makes sense. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. Because we don't have like the church thing. Like my family is not religious, but if you think about it, back in the day, that's actually where some of the rituals are from. Yeah, like they used to be Estonians who were religious in mm-hmm. their own way, or yeah. who were like you know mm-hmm. part of whatever movement connection <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what about yeah. Estonian food? Oh, well, <laughs> we grew up with eating black pudding, so I didn't. What I is d- inside black pudding? Tell it's us about like it. Like right? barley usually. Barley yeah. and what is barley? Uh, um, it's barley. a grain. It's a grain. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like rice, but mm-hmm. it's um, a grain and um, blood. 
Mm. Is there a difference mm. in uh, black pudding in Australia and in Ireland? In uh, no, I don't no. think so. Because okay. yeah. so. my family's heritage is more Scottish. Ah, okay, so um, it comes from that side for you Cornwall. as well. Cornwall. Oh, not Cornwall. Devon, the southern part of England. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly... Mm-hmm. And probably a bit of France. French. French. <laughs> So that little world. area, <laughs> <laughs> a tiny little speck on the, cup, mm-hmm. on the map. Well, I'm eighth and ninth generation Australian, so mm-hmm. so we've got a couple of convicts in the. I'm the not even sure that I'm like a fourth generation Estonian. <laughs> There's probably a few blood drips here and there that came, you know, were put into the genome yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish well, I could I think, say every, that. I think the the melting pot of you know culture, people yeah. are, are getting. It's getting a lot more. Mixed yeah. nowadays so yeah. it's not bad I, so, i'd say yeah. so it's, it's good okay so black, black pudding you know so yeah. very worsty we, we, than we, very have, cake. we have black pudding mm-hmm. oh very worst for christmas eve mm-hmm. um, oh. dinner and then have something else um for christmas day do you have a turkey or a pork roast um or none it depends <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what's sometimes the, what's the we common? do salmon, <laughs> salmon oh, okay, okay. that's cool mm. like i mean Some people have, like, you know, so, traditions then go through famine. Well, in Australia, you'd have um, lamb or, um, actually, my parents would quite often do um, duck, which, but it was Muscovy mm-hmm. ducks, which are closer to mm-hmm. geese and um, so. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a had, Barbie uh, night, as far oh, as I understand. Barbecues, it's a barbecue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss barbecues? Or is the Estonian Yanibav uh, close to your heart now? <laughs> um Well, we we have a barbecue on Yanipav, and mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. it in the front yard. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a fire pit there that we Ooh. light up because yes. we've got about forty trees in the property. So it's wow. <laughs> we've all got dead dead branches coming mm-hmm. down during the year. So, so you mentioned uh, about Christmas food, but what about if you're living here and your uh, heritage or like traditions are all Australian? When does the Santa come? Does the Santa come on the twenty fourth in the evening, like for Estonians, or he comes in the morning, the twenty fifth or morning Christmas mm. day? So. Interesting. So, um, but it depends on the. How do you explain culture. that to your kids? Yeah, <laughs> for Estonian kids, it came on the twenty fourth, and yours comes on twenty fifth. It's too late for you. Oh, <laughs> well, when the boys were young, we just we did have it. It's their presents were delivered on. Christmas Day, so mm. in the morning, so mm-hmm. that wasn't that was what I grew up with. Yeah. But I think I think when the boys got older, we'd sort of sometimes choose one present and open it on Christmas Eve. So oh, yeah, I've actually so heard a lot of like foreign families do that. Just it's it's kind of like a leeway. You yeah, know? it's like okay, fine. Everybody else got their presents tonight. You can have one too, one. but tomorrow morning <laughs> you get the rest. Yeah, or or they Santa kinda, comes tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, or they present it kind of like these are presents yeah. from us, but Santa brings them tomorrow morning. Yep. You know that kind of a thing. So. Oh. But um, in a way, it's nice to see some Australian food come in because there's pavlovas here now. And It's pavlova from yeah. Australia? Yeah. Really? And New Zealand. They're always fighting over who originated oh. it. What? I always I thought know. it was a Slavic origin. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought pavlova, like the dessert. I would have thought it's like Italian or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> Getting better and better. Ooh, that's interesting. No, it was, it was created by, well, it's an argument of whether it was an Australian chef or a New Zealand chef mm-hmm. for when... Um, <laughs> Okay. Pavlov, Pavlova, the ballerina, Russian ballerina, mm. came and visited. Mm. So, 
very interesting. <laughs> There's yeah. a story to discover. Mm-hmm. But I've mm-hmm. I've seen it made made the meringue made with karma in it, mm-hmm. and that's a nice sort of little Estonian mm-hmm. addition. So. Adding our touch and flavor. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried making shortbread, mm-hmm. which is a Scottish thing. Okay. Um, it's basically flour, butter, and sugar mm-hmm. mixed together and made and pressed into like little a biscuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mix karma in, and that gives yeah. it a nutty flavor. Okay. So, Interesting. So you already t- turned one of your like older recipes into an yep. Estonian flavor yep. version. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of other um, food, Australian food, uh, have you noticed here in Estonia? I didn't um, even know. Like, what what is Australian? Well, food? I grew up with beetroot, so I like okay. beetroot. But in Australia, you have to have hamburgers with beetroot, slices of beetroot on. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. Oh. <laughs> hamburgers with beetroot. Can't beetroot and, ri- and fried egg and Pineapple rings. <laughs> that sounds like a <laughs> sounds like an it's Australian <laughs> burger. A lot more than just a burger. Yeah, <laughs> a it's a meal. It's a whole yeah, meal. full meal like pressed on with two like bread buns. <laughs> but Americans do not like beetroot. So. No, I would imagine they probably aren't a fan of pineapple either in their burgers. No, yes. they don't even like pineapple on pizza sometimes. So. Mm. Is, is marmite a thing in Australia? Promite. Promite and Vegemite. Oh, Marmite's an English Marmite's an English thing. Okay, Vegemite and Promite. Promite's got a little more sugar in it, so it's a little sweeter. So what are those? Hmm? What are those? It's a yeast extract spread. Okay. It's It's usually put on toast. It's nice with cheese melted on it. Okay. Um, But it was a way of getting vitamin B into Mm. kids, so... Okay. When they're yeah. young. So. Kind of like one of those things you don't want to put but it on was, a it was Well, <laughs> they used to make beer and then had this yeast extract mm-hmm. left mm-hmm. over and they said, well, what could we do with it? Instead of just throwing it. I think they used to feed it to the pigs. Yeah. Um, they decided to make a, a spread <laughs> and <laughs> sell so it funny. because it was and made it cheap so yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of people could afford it and so we'd quite often take Vegemite sandwiches to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sounds like a good marketing thing. <laughs> we like. always had to take our own lunches to school. Mm. So so except the food, do you have any other things that you would wish other foreigners would know before they move to Estonia? Ooh. Especially <laughs> with your vast collection of experiences yeah. here. Oh, I think I just need to be prepared for the, the cold weather, really. Mm. So Was it the shocker for you? Not really, no, because... Massachusetts mm-hmm. had got quite cold yeah. sometimes, so we were we dressed appropriately. <laughs> yeah. So how do you prepare so. for it? You just buy like winter clothes, or yeah. Or um, well, if you got a good coat and wear leggings, I usually wear leggings under mm. my pants. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't, it's a good tip. I can't understand how these girls walk around in jeans <laughs> with holes in them. Because seriously, <laughs> I was walking around in Ireland, freezing all the time, and then I saw girls running around in like short dresses and nothing on, like, not even stockings or tights, and I was like. Ooh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you must have grown up here if you have like yeah. some sort of a thing with this cold because well I, yeah when i was living in new york i didn't expect it to get so cold during the winter but it was just freezing me and oh. a few other friends from baltics we were like uh, meeting up in the during winter time uh, during uh, christmas and new year's and we were all like it's not yeah. only me it's like we were all freezing, freezing yeah. and then there are a lot of locals like going around with ballerinas and like wearing those really small like shoes where your legs are just bare bare legs and we're that felt just like oh my god I can't even look at it it's so cold and it was just it was horrible it was so cold during winter 
Well, we yeah. had a I had an Australian friend who went to America for I think it was Christmas or winter, and he just took some sweaters, and he was freezing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think someone took pity on him and gave him a coat. (laughs) I mean, I think the one thing that I really appreciated coming back to Estonia was central heating. (laughs) Yeah, like for real, this was I was cold all the time indoors in in other places, and here it's like oh, nice warm. In Australia, a lot of the houses only have single paned windows, Mm. so there's Mm. not even that insulation in the windows, which you lose a lot of heat out of. So. But considering it's hot outside, you probably don't need too much of it. <laughs> well, or except for the, the three winter months, oh, okay, <laughs> you then. do need <laughs> you do need some form of heating. Mm-hmm. So, but I think a lot of the modern houses are being built with the underfloor heating. Uh-huh. So many versions. Yeah, yeah. even like here they gas mm-hmm. heating or the underfloor mm-hmm. or the central heating or the. Some still have like if you go if in the older buildings there are like the still the wood burning stoves. wood burning exactly yeah. a lot of in uh, Tallinn in Kalamaja mainly and in Kadriorg and also in Tartu in Karlova and in a few other areas a lot of I grew up with this uh, wood burning how do you say it the wood stove, stove, stove thing yeah. Yeah. and I actually am really happy that now I'm out of that <laughs> like, oh me too I can't I, even uh, imagine having to put another pile of logs together and then bringing it in especially when it's like 20 degrees mm-hmm. outside oh, yeah. waiting for it to heat up no no thank you <laughs> I, I love my life but, but you learned how to make a fire though oh definitely <laughs> that's for sure I learned like 10 years how to make that fire <laughs> definitely in the end I caught up with something so I'm not gonna be in trouble but yeah. if I have a choice <laughs> rather not oh yeah <laughs> It's one of those skills you're lucky to have, but glad to forget mm. to, <laughs> or not have to do. It. Well, our house in America had oil heating, so mm-hmm. but we ha- always had it um, set low. Mm-hmm. We always had it just sort of warm enough, and we have we still wore sweaters inside. Mm-hmm. But most of the American houses they have it up high, like seventy five Fahrenheit, and just wear t shirts and mm. <laughs> shorts. And yeah. So it's a little bit conversation before. And then they have it sort of the opposite. <laughs> In summer, they have air conditioning on. So. Yeah, that's weird, right? It's um, we had a weird conversation with Tina before about uh, talking about uh, the cultural difference of Estonians walking around at home bare feet or mm. maybe with socks, but in like... A few other countries, people walk around in their shoes indoors. Yeah. Um, how about you? You can solve the mystery. Um, Have you Estonia fight, or mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, or do you walk around with shoes in your house? <laughs> I wear my UGG boots. <laughs> okay, you wear your boots. Okay, but do they're sort of slippers. <laughs> are they indoor slippers. shoes? Or well, I do shoes? walk outside sometimes in them, but uh, I gotta be careful. I don't bring mud back in. But, yeah. Um, but. Um, in America, we we did take shoes off. Oh, oh, um, that's interesting. And wear slippers more in the winter months too. Um, mm. But I think in summer it wasn't quite so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, the kids would sort of run in and out. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and how about in Australia? What's Australia the thing there? generally? Oh, I think you, some families do one way, some do the other. You know, just. So mm. I always thought it was curious. <laughs> mm. yeah. okay, it just so. depends on what the weather is. You know, if it's wet outside, yeah, you don't want to mm-hmm. walk wet footprints yeah. through the house. It's it's easy to take your slip your shoes off. And, 
put them back on again when you go outside. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I can understand, you know, because you do walk a lot of grit in, you know. And I don't even know if it started from that. It's just weird. Like it's for me, it, I think it's that's weird more in what terms it is. Of so. How has it come by? You you make more of a mess yeah. on the floors if yeah. you walk. Wet shoes, especially again, during winter time. And like when the winter, they put the gravel down, snow on and the, dirt yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. But when you think about the old Estonians, like we used to have, like you know, floors made of mud. The very early houses. Yeah. So I'm just wondering when the change came. Well, you know? generally they had bare feet anyway. So it's <laughs> <laughs> really like it's a bit like hmm. they didn't have shoes usually. <laughs> yeah, we should look it up. History, history lesson. Yeah. Well, that's been really interesting. Do you have anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, before we wrap up, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> I know. It's, no, it's gone fast. It always does. <laughs> yeah. Any survival things that people need well, to know? Or just um, remarks about Estonians? I'm, d- I'm just surprised <laughs> with how far some people have come for, to live in Estonia. Yeah. I mean, I only know one other Australian that lives <laughs> here, but... Um, Louis Zezeran. Yeah, yeah, we all know Louis. (laughs) Shout out to Louis, the other, only other Australian everybody in Estonia knows. (laughs) There's a few more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have met a few others that have come and gone, but not everybody stays. So, Mm -hmm. um, um, (laughs) it's like, yeah, you're amazed that the people that come from far away being one that came from far away. (laughs) There's a lot that come and visit, but Mm -hmm. not everybody stays. So, um, what do you think would keep them stay here? I think if they have friends here or find someone they love. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Love's a, a good motivator to have someone stay. Tends to be, so. yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of Estonian women that are looking for husbands. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but there is a percentage percentage of uh, women more in Estonia. Like yeah. 3%? 53% of women. Yeah. So there's bound to be leftovers. <laughs> well, I think it's getting that way in Australia too. There's a lot more yeah. women than men too. Oh, okay, so. so you might not spare your so. men from there. <laughs> well, I think it's I think w- it's good thing for women that they don't feel that they have to yeah. get married and have a family to, to have a life. Yeah, that's true. They can make a career and... Having a baby is not everybody's cup of tea. So mm-hmm. Oh, that's definitely true. Do you so think the mentality in Australia also has changed over the time since you left? I don't really know. You don't, you don't <laughs> keep touch anymore with like what's happening in Australia? Okay. I keep up with a little bit of uh, political things and any big events and um, especially with the, the bushfires last summer. Oh, yeah. Was um, my parents Australia. actually had to evacuate three times from their oh house. My God. So Australia had a pretty bad year, right? Oh, With the bushfires, then the corona, then yeah. like the running out of toilet paper, and what <laughs> all the crisis things that you had. <laughs> well, the bushfires were a major yeah. problem. So, yeah. um, so hopefully this summer, it's, they've just had a very hot Sunday, mm-hmm. hottest for no, since for November. So hopefully yeah. it's not the, a sign that summer's going to be just as hot as last summer so mm-hmm. but that's one of the repercussions of global warming so yeah. it's like we don't get any snow here like we used to so. yeah that's also true I, so. i'm excited for it but i know other people who are <laughs> like i like milder uh, winters anyways i'm not a big well i like the, the snow but i don't like the ice that's yeah, uh, that's fair enough mm. so. i was just thinking that as an australian or as a foreigner living in estonia uh how is the the scene of news 
like uh, you can how much do you actually gather or understand about what's happening in Estonian politics and all over just around well I tend to only read the English news because mm-hmm. it's like from it where is it the the ERR, ERR? Yeah. yeah news okay. so um um do you think there should be more like stuff around like and so that otherwise you won't I think feel it'd be, isolated a little it'd be bit. Be nicer no? if it was in a more timely fashion, you know, sort of because um, sometimes you have to wait <laughs> a day or two. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> I mean, I have a, a quick. I I sort of every now and then have a quick look at Tattoo Postimes mm. online, but um, the English version of that, mm-hmm. which is sort of more focused up in Tallinn, mm. takes a long time to get done. Mm-hmm. They, they seem to be focused more on Estonian written articles. And yeah. Do you feel like but you miss out or is it no, like you're not really not actually much. really following? I just anyway. sort of have a quick look at the photos and see if there's anything that looks mm-hmm. interesting. And <laughs> that you should be keeping up with. <laughs> is there any news that but I should be there? Generally, I don't sort of get mixed up in the politics of Well, that's understandable. It was so. just a, one of those samples, but yeah. I mean, like, there are other news as well in the politics. Well, recently, maybe not yeah. so much, but <laughs> usually <laughs> there are. Like, but I like the way tattoos itself has sort of made policies um, to generally improve the environment, be a little more green, mm-hmm. um, and and think about the residents and and ha- and let the residents have a say in what they want done. Yeah. So. Especially with this, uh, what is this new budget where they are involving yeah. the uh, people who live and in asking for ideas, and so people mm-hmm. are sort of. I think each year are sort of coming up some with more unique ideas yeah. of way of improving. Tattoo. Especially this uh, car-free uh, street uh, idea. Do yeah, you, some, do you like that? <laughs> that was sort of fun but yeah. during the summer, but um, I think sometimes I think this new. Ice skating rink is a little yeah. over the top. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's just a test out trial. They see, like yeah, uh, yeah. back in the day, it used I to mean, be in the Tartu um, Laurulailak, like the yeah. singing grounds or songs so. festival grounds. Well, I think it could be done a, a, a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it wasn't done by governmental money, so well, it doesn't right. matter that much. Or, mm. Well, I hope it sort of works and everyone gets a sh- some use out of it. But yeah. Mm. Are you excited for uh, Tartu 2024, Culture City um, of Europe? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to make Tartu a little more crowded. <laughs> okay. And as an introvert, you do not appreciate I, I'd be here. I'd be looking forward to 2030. Why? <laughs> Because a Tartu will be a thousand years old. I think wow, that would be a real okay. great party. Yeah. <laughs> then it's a good time to be around here. So yeah. anybody who's planning on uh, coming to Tartu, 2030 is your final yeah. call. <laughs> And I think it's a really lovely... I mean, it's <laughs> very few cities that are that old that you can say, yeah. I you know, lived there. Yeah. Because <laughs> Sydney's only um, 130 years old, so 132 So, mm. Yeah, Tartu beats um, that. <laughs> <laughs> At least we beat them in something. Even <laughs> quite as old as that. So, yeah. so uh, uh, come to Tartu in 2030 because yep. then that there's a grand giant thousand, party happening. Thousand year I think party. 2024 deserves at least some shout out too. Like, oh, yeah. Or 20 <laughs> the cultural, the cultural city. We we fought for it so long. Or 2024 <laughs> for a warm up. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. and. It's a nice uh, place to wrap up. So thank uh, you, Penelope, for being here. It was interesting welcome. to chat with you. You were talking about the different laces, different foods, different uh, 
building up, starting things here. So, and all to our listeners, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, foundinestonia.ee. Write to us, share what you liked, share the episodes with your friends, and we look forward meeting you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. That's a goodbye for me too. Bye. Bye. Ciao.